It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin. I'm over here in LA, and we've got the one and only Mike over in London. What's up, dude? Yo, how's it going? It's good. It's good to be back on the on the mic with you. Agreed. Agreed. And in you know the best month of the year. Oh, what a fantastic month! And where you know, I think we're doing this is our first horror themed ep of the month, right? Yes, it is, and it will thankfully not be the last because we fucking love our horror. Uh, we love yeah. October. So many great things happen in October. I just got engaged. Congratulations. I mean, thanks, bro. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I, to- I told him before the pot. I told him before the pot. I was only engaged for three days, but it was a good time. While it, <laughs> it, gr- it was it was an incredible 72 hours. I it heard. really was. It really was. Ugh. It's maybe I'll. Hey, what am I? Ah, fuck! I already beat you. It's I already beat you. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could say it hadn't been seventy two hours, so I could be like, bro, I could still make it down to the courthouse or Vegas. I feel like I should clarify that I did get married after that seventy two hours. It's not like we called it off. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Karina, who yeah. uh, who many of you now have heard on the the legendary fucking barbecue episode. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's it's a great fucking month. I love October. And it's the month where everyone gets to celebrate horror, not just Mike. That's true. That's true. And I think our episode today really reflects that. Yes, yes. And and so our topic today is top five overlooked horror movies. Which for anyone wondering what we mean by overlooked, and Mike can, you know, go further on this if he feels like there's more to say. We're not talking underrated, so we're not looking for movies that, you know, nobody's heard of and that we want to share with you, which, you know, in in a sense, overlooked films are underrated. But what we mean is movies that most people know of pretty popular movies that we think are better than people give it credit for. So. When we were looking, for instance, at Rotten Tomatoes, you know, they look at that as fresh as 60% or above. I pretty much all of mine, and I think pretty, I I don't know Mike's, but we talked about this, this system. For the most part, you're looking at both scores being under that, at the very least one. Mike, would you say that's about right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think like you said, I mean, so many underrated lists are really just sort of underseen lists. And and I've, you know, I've been known to drop a deep cut or two on the pod. And that's not really what we want. We want things you've seen. I mean, things you've heard of, you've probably seen them. They have a bad rep, but they deserve a second chance. A hundred percent. And we're we're going to represent for some of those films today. So without further ado... My my main man of horror, please start us off. Okay, this is I've been deciding what to put at my number five because the thing I think the thing that should be here is just not popular enough 
So I'm sticking with my gut. And I am absolutely here to defend a film that I frequently have to defend, let's just say. And that's 1998's I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Wow. Incredible. 7% tomatoes, you know, 29% audience for what it's worth. Of course, this is the sequel to the absolute smash hit I Know What You Did Last Summer. So Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. are in it. Um, However... We've got Brandy in there. Yes, the musical artist Brandy, who's pretty fucking good in the movie. I considered this. It might have even been an honorable for our for musician your music. acting. Mackay Pfeiffer. Of course, we hold it down. Shout out A-Mile. Mm-hmm. Smaller roles by John Hawks and Jack Black, which people might wow. not remember. Jack Black I is in this absolutely film. absolutely forgot that. Yeah. Produced by Neil Moritz of Fast and Furious fame. I mean, there's, there's some stuff here. And... Yes, this is very much like of a time, uh, and maybe that's why I like it because we, you know, sort of grew up in this time. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad film. And what this thing has, besides Jack Black being hilarious, just getting funnier and funnier, like the more famous that guy gets, what this has that I wish more movies had is one of the craziest plot devices ever, where the killer is back. But how is he going to get his victims this time? He invents an entire fake radio contest, brings all of the teens to some sort of island resort, which presumably he's like bought out and paid for to keep this whole charade going for like the first 40 minutes of the film, and then starts killing them on this mysterious island. Oh my God. In the Bahamas. It's not actually shot in the Bahamas, but anyway, that's where it is in the Bahamas. I mean, that's the the dedication that I want from my serial killer sequels. I love it. I mean, dude, I'm I'm honestly with you on this one. I don't think there's anything wrong with this movie. Like, and, and I'm also hilariously, I know this is such a funny thing to say, but I'm so with you on the Brandy thing. She's yes. not bad. Yes. And she, yeah, I don't want to say anything else. I don't want to spoil it. But I mean, she doesn't have a lot of sort of black person tropes of horror, which is great. You love that. You do. And- you do. And, and look, I think even the first one while being a smash hit it was never okay let me let me actually reel that back it was massive but it also didn't have great reviews and it also doesn't have the greatest audience score it was always overshadowed by scream always yes this is a tick a tick below the original but it's not a massive drop off like people think yes i i fully agree not as good as the first but a very very serviceable and respectable sequel exactly and it's a very clear inspiration for one of my favorite movies of all time which is club dread which doesn't appear on this list because not enough people know it but like it's very similar in plot in terms of kind of what happens on this island and what happens in that film if you have never seen club dread do yourself a favor and see it mike and i watched it together so many times in college please please arguably the best uh film by why, why am i blanking on their broken name lizard. Right now? broken lizard inarguably um, but yeah yeah inarguably <laughs> inarguably wow well without further ado i will give you my number five can't wait which is 2005's house of wax it was on my honorables i love it wow wow it's so good it's yeah how is this movie like okay so 25% rotten tomatoes yeah, uh critic score 
42% audience. All right, a little bit higher. But I honestly remember when it came out, I at first was like, oh, my God, like Paris Hilton's in this. But like now looking back on it, we have, I mean, the one and only Alicia Cuthbert, who Mike and I love. We do. Girl Next Door. She's in 24. I mean, she's in plenty of other things, but. Happy endings. Happy endings. Then I didn't even realize how schwar this was back then. But, you know, now that my fiance, I can say that now. Now that I've watched her favorite show, One Tree Hill, I've got my man Chad Michael Murray in this. I mean, come on. And then, of course, you have Paris Hilton in there and there's some other people in there. But anyway, it's a good little cast for a horror film. And funny enough, like this movie, like for what it is, it works. I believe it's 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 like a, uh, it's a it's American Australian film, right? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Something. Like yeah. That. But yeah, I mean, this one, it's your classic classic like 2000s like 2000 to 2010 horror film but i think it's one of the best ones it is a very uh contained plot but very interesting for what it is and and mike tell me if i'm wrong is this an original or is this a remake 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 that's what i thought the original is from like the 50s i think okay that's what i thought but um yeah, I mean, this do you, help me out on this one because I really like this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, like you said, it's sort of mid two thousands. It's that torture porn era, and it has some yes. of that. But it's also like, you know, it's it's it is really self contained. It uses like kind of slow, drawn out, kind of exploitation, claustrophobic type stuff to really kind of build up some some real tension. Not too many jump scares. Um, you get very satisfying Paris Hilton death, which everybody went absolutely nuts for in the theater, as I'm sure you recall. Um, and it just, yeah, it just works. It's just very, very watchable. Even today, I watched it, I think the last time was probably like a year ago, and I was surprised at how well it had aged. Yeah, it's it's one of those, I, I never would have thought in 2005, I'd look back in 2021 and say, you know what? From that mid two thousands era, House of Wax is one of the more enjoyable horror films, and and here we are, and that's what I'm saying. I I love it. I love it. And the originals is quite hard to see, actually. So I would definitely settle for this one um, if you have to. Ooh, I love that. Uh, okay. So the bottom half of my list has now ended up as like underrated sequels, which could be like an entire episode in itself. But anyway. I am going all the way up to 2011 for my number four pick, and that is Final Destination 5. Ooh! Now, Final Destination is obviously quite a well-known series. You know, the whole thing, I don't remember when the first one was, but it must have been like 99 or 2000 or something. So it's all been a part of like our, our lifetime. And I have to admit, by three or four, I was pretty much done. You know, and the fourth one's called the final destination or something like that. Like it was clearly supposed to be the last one, but then it mm-hmm. still made money. So they went back for this, you know, money grab. And I didn't see this right away. I was like, I can't. I just can't do it anymore. It's just too much. And since I've now seen it several times, and it's the best since the original. Number five. Don't write this one off. It's it's good. So if anyone remembers, this one starts with a, it's an accident on like a bridge. 
Um, there's like a bus and the bridge collapses and that's how the whole thing sets up. And, and otherwise there's a lot of it that's kind of, you know, the, the plots, these are all pretty much the same. Uh, this one, you get more Tony Todd, which is always the right choice. Some of the deaths are, are very brutal. Some of the best in the entire series. And what this one adds that none of the other ones have is, you know, the other ones are always trying to do something to sort of mess up the order or sort of skip their spot to survive, you know, death coming after them. In this one, you can kill somebody else and that like takes your spot. So it's a killer be killed thing. So it oh. adds the kind of uh, paranoia, suspicious element to it. And then the ending is fantastic. And the whole thing just works. Dude, you know what? So I'm thinking, because I love, I, I mean, the original is one of my favorite, you know, horror films. But like, dude, I have this recollection because I have seen most of them, I believe, but only like once besides the first. I think I remember five being a little bit better than the other sequels. It's it's very solid. It's very solid. Fifty two percent audience. That's that's very low. I think this is good. I absolutely need to revisit this. I mean, I love the idea of the of the whole series. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fantastic. And I truthfully, even though this was, I know that they were working during a COVID on a sixth one. I do mm-hmm. believe that there will be more because that's just what happens with horror. See, mm-hmm. Halloween kills. Uh, it just do- doesn't go away, right? So. I'm sure there will be more and I'll absolutely be down. And this one, it did it did great at the box office. So it's I don't see any reason why they wouldn't make it. Oh, yeah, they absolutely will then. OK, my number four. So my number four actually surprised me a little bit because I actually had not a not a totally negative connotation of it, but I didn't remember enjoying it as much as I did when I just watched it. And I, I was pleasantly surprised, pleasantly surprised. And that is... 2003's remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre starring one Jonathan Tucker the one and only <laughs> my man uh, yeah I, I thought about this as well and I rewatched it um, and I will I'll give you my thoughts but go ahead so I mean I will start off and say yeah maybe I was slightly swayed into liking it by the fact that Jonathan Tucker who we, we love here on the pod is in it and I I obviously didn't really put that together when I was watching this as a teenager and now with the rest of his filmography and also like you know Jessica Biel was big back then but again now you're further down the road and the cast is pretty it's pretty good it's Mike pretty Vogel good was a big name back then Eric Balfour, Eric Balfour. Is, is, I think sort of coming up and being in, I mean Arlie Ermey in there but anyway yeah the cast is good it's a good little ca- and for being such a tight cast of like you know only a handful of people it's a good cast it's look I love the OG Texas Chainsaw and so I remembered probably the first time, maybe even the second time I saw this, I was probably somewhat harsh on it. There were a couple things I didn't like about it. I realize now watching it, I probably hadn't seen it in a solid, I don't know, it could be seven to 10 years. It's actually pretty solid. It's uh, Jessica Biel, I think, does a great job at being, you know, the, the, the final girl, the main character. She's, she's actually like, for being in a horror movie, she's relatively smart. She makes a couple dumb decisions, but I really like I really like her in this. I think she does a really good job at at playing this character. I mean, 
Tucker is just is it's so great. Like he he's great in this, and he, I he mean, kills he, it. He has one of the best parts, really. He I do think he might have the best part, and yeah, kills it. He he's great. Um, you know. Even Eric Balfour, I, I I used to love that guy in a couple things back in the day. He was in Twenty Four, I remember for a bit, and uh, you know he plays his role as sort of the the boyfriend that's sort of a little bit of a dick, but he's you know he's sort of a good guy at the end of the day, and and then of course Arlie Ermy is just ridiculous in it. He's yeah, yeah. he's great, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a very very solid remake in in hindsight. There's not. There's a few jump scares. Um, I mean, Leatherface just looks disturbing in general. So I think the way that they portray sort of his lair and some of the scenes, like they have some really great scenes. Like, of course, like him running through the all of the like like, exactly the clothing line sheets. And then I love when the like the little boy is trying to take Jessica Beale and Tucker through sort of the basement and out uh, oh, yeah. at one point and the, like the shots of like Leatherface running after them like of course Jessica Beale and like the meat factory later on like it's it's there's some good shit and I love I really like how this one ends I won't ruin it for anyone who's seen it who hasn't seen it Oh dude Buddy Garrity Buddy fucking Garrity. <laughs> Can right. you believe it? And I love how they open and close the film with that sort of, I mean, it was such a thing of the times, like trying to sort of capitalize, I feel like a bit on the Blair Witch, but like how they do the black and white footage of the cops afterwards going through to open the film and close the film. It's a solid little remake. I think uh, very doable, very doable. So I have to say, I rewatched this as well, and I didn't really like it, but uh-huh. I, I love the pick, and here's why. I love Texas Chainsaw, the original. It's fucking fantastic. But there's absolutely no way to release that film in 2003. Like, this is the right way to make this film in 2003. Agreed. I can't fault them for any of the choices that they made because that's what had to be done to make it work. They They didn't try to recreate the original. They carried over... You know a few of the elements and sort of lightened them up a bit um and that's what needed to be done to sell the film so i can't fault anybody for doing that you know what i love that review i can take that review i look i'm with you i don't think it's like revolutionary or anything and and it sounds like you were a little bit lower on it than me but like it was the right texas chainsaw for that time and i think it's really funny even with like house of wax too like i think it's really funny but chainsaw more I guess Chainsaw more because I didn't love it when I first saw it. But like looking back at a film that maybe the way it was when it came out, I didn't necessarily connect with it all. And I was like, "Ah, I don't really like this version. Like I love the OG. But it's funny now, almost 20 years out, looking back and being like, "Ooh, you know what? This was like this was all right for the time. Like this was this was sort of just just the type of horror film that they should have been making at that time. And it definitely, you know, if you were going to the theater a lot in that era, seeing a lot of the horror films, it definitely brings it back for you going back mm-hmm. and watching this. You're like, yeah, I remember this. And that gives it a little bit, a little bit of an extra tick for me. Fucking love it. Well, I, okay. Number three, I'm going to talk about some more iconic movies, um, franchises, I should say. 
this is my last i'm gonna end up talking about three movies here i'll focus on one and then i'll just mention the other two because i didn't want to get bogged down in sequels but i did want to hit some of these major ones so my official selection for number three is a nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's revenge you know I'm not sure how many people remember exactly which one is two. So in that respect, I wasn't sure if I should put this on this list, but everything else I'm going to say fits exactly what I wanted to represent here. So I'm going with it. Nightmare 2, 41% Rotten Tomatoes, 33% audience. Um, It was not very well received at the time. um, And that is basically... It was very apparent, and and you could you'll hear people say that it's subtext. It's not subtext. It's just the text of the film. This is a gay film, which for 1985 is bold, um, and it's essentially like a possession film. The main character, played by Mark Patton, is like you know dealing with his feelings where he thinks or he's becoming Freddy, and it's clearly sort of this analogy um, for him, uh, you know, dealing with the fact that he's gay. So this is being reevaluated, I think, by a lot of people because now we're we're much, much more accepting of people that are gay as opposed to like the height of the AIDS epidemic. Um, but also, too, it's a pretty good film. I like it. Honestly, the worst part is when Freddy arrives, you know, just when it's sort of him doing his possession thing and kind of fighting that off. It's really painful and emotional. Um, and, and that I think all works, you know, and and. It's definitely a serviceable film that got a bad rep because of people's attitudes at the time and and unfortunately basically ruined the career of Mark Patton, who who is gay but wasn't out at the time. And basically this film kind of forced him out in public at a time where he was vilified and he essentially went to hiding for like 15 years and is only now um, telling his story. You know that I've I've never seen I've never seen this. So I can't wait for you to see it because I, I, this is not a bad film. Now, I know you don't really like possession films, but this is really not a bad film at all. And when you see when you watch it and then you look at those scores, you could tell like there's something else going on here. Like this film was just people. I don't know if they were uncomfortable or what it was. They just didn't give it a fair shake. But 41 percent is extremely low for, for my opinions. OK, I'm going to fucking watch it. And. So quickly, I will say Mark Patton did a documentary in 2019 called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, which tells this whole story in more detail. I would definitely recommend that. And the other things I'm going to just lump into this category is Freddy versus Jason. Incredibly good. And Jason X. Jason X gets the worst rap ever for being like the most campy, like self-aware slasher of all time. And I'm fucking here for it. I need to rewatch it. I need to rewatch it. I'm like it's, that was that is a fucking hot take, and I and I'm here for it. Oh my god, it has some of the absolute best lines. Like we love premarital sex. It's just like one of the best parts ever. It's just so good. Uber Jason. Oh man, I'm here for it. Okay, I need to watch it. I need to fucking okay. I'm in. I'm in. I have not watched that in a long time. Man, I swear you're going to love it. It, Just don't take it seriously. I think that's what people's problem is. Which you know I don't. No, exactly. You'll love it. You'll love it. Okay, amazing. I love this little sort of sequels fucking mishmash right here. Although mainly Nightmare on Elm Street 2. You know what? This works out perfectly, Mike, because I'm cheating a little bit on number three as well. Love it. And... Instead of picking 
a few different sequels. I'm just picking two sequels from the same franchise. And that is Scream 3 and Scream 4. Scream 3 is on my honorables, so I'm absolutely here for it. So, okay, Scream 3 came out in 2000, 40% critic score, 37% audience. Scream 4 came out 2011, and a bit higher, I'm not going to lie. 60% critic, 56% audience. Here's why I have them both on here. So first of all, while Scream 3, I think, is undoubtedly the most hated on, and therefore is what I'm really talking about here, I've come to realize very recently that Scream 4 is not really well-respected in, in the film universe. In in the horror sphere, I think, I believe most people would say it's the second best after the first one. But I don't know. I could it's very funny that you said that because the reason that Scream 3 is on my honorables is because I just assumed everybody liked Scream 4. Same. I'm kind so, of shocked to hear you say that now. Yeah, so, okay, I assumed this too. Because it's it's a fucking great movie, and I I looked into the critic scores of everything, and obviously Scream One great across the board. Scream Two one of the strangest things ever to me. It it has the highest critic score. It has like in the eighties. Scream One I think has like a seventy nine or something. Okay, that's ridiculous. Scream Two has the highest. Yet the audience score drops hard for that. It's like 58, but it's still the second highest audience score. And I'm like, I personally, again, there's a personal opinion. Scream 2 is my least favorite of the four, which I don't know if that's a hot take in and of itself. But with this all said, Mike, do you know that there's a new Scream coming out? Yes. In fact, I just saw the trailer tonight. I just did yesterday. I don't know why it's called Scream. That just doesn't make any sense. But that I, doesn't sit well with me. I agree. But it looks good. It looks good. It looks good. I'm a little bit... I know I shouldn't necessarily be concerned. I'm a little concerned it's coming out in January. Sometimes that's where movies come to die. And yeah. Scream is a big franchise. I don't know why it's not coming out either in October or in like in April, May. So I'm a little concerned there. But I love seeing that all of our all of our mains are coming back. So... That is reassuring. But yeah, not sure why it's not just called Scream 5. And and that's what sort of led me down the path. I go, wait, so are they like trying to rebrand this? I realize now that it's been over 10 years or 10 years right now since Scream 4. Why was there never a fifth if like whatever? And I looked into it and it's like, yeah, it did decent at the box office. But I don't know how the fuck Scream 4 is not more highly regarded. To me, it was like, I mean, Mike and I have talked about this movie with each other before, but it's so fucking good. To me, there's not even a question that it's the second best of the of it all. I feel like it totally make like refreshes the franchise. There's great characters like Hayden Panettiere's character in there, as Mike and I sort of have talked with each other about. Actually, on an ep- uh, sort of a practice ep of the pod before we started releasing these, she's like one of the one of the better side characters of the whole like franchise best character not just side character my favorite character of the whole franchise there you go and it's like dude such good like fucking kills in there and like such a great twist to it if you haven't seen scream 4 like seriously what the fuck are you doing at the beginning the opening scene is fucking great i'm like trying to think what the opening scene is it's like there there's like several in a row 
I can't, I won't say why, but like it's like several opening scenes to scream one after another because like each one becomes part of like a film in the stab series instead. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God. The opening is fucking legendary. Again, like this is sacrilege to say, but it really, like, in terms of my rewatchability and my enjoyment, it's close to one. I love Scream 4. If you have not seen Scream 4, go watch it. I need to talk a little bit about Scream 3. People really don't like Scream 3. And I don't, I, for the life of me, do not understand why. I think it's really clever, the whole Hollywood aspect of it. Again, it it involves the stab movies, and it's very self-aware, and it sort of takes you to the world of Hollywood for the film, whereas I thought 2 was a bit of a rehash of the first in a little bit of a new way. And I don't know. I, I think 3 is so fun. You you have it on your honorables, Mike, so you must think the same. The thing about 3 is I think objectively, like gun to my head, it's the worst made of all of them. It's the one that Kevin Williamson didn't write. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why people pick it apart. But I'm totally with you. Two is just so much like one that I felt like three, even if it wasn't the best made film ever, at least they were taking it in another direction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, maybe the cast isn't the strongest ever, but also it has like some charm to it. Like Parker Posey, I'm totally down. Jenny McCarthy, I'm totally down. You know, like it's just, it has like some fun names there. It really does. And I just, it's a fun fucking time. I again, I where are you on like versus like two, for instance? I think personally, like in if I had to rank them, I think it's one, four, three, two is Me like too. my watchability scale. Me too. I but I I I hadn't seen the fourth one for a while, and then like you convinced me to watch it, and I was like, oh fuck, that was great. So all really all the screams. That's what we're saying. Watch all of them. Don't watch stop them at two. Like They're some fucking people do. Great. And gear up again for five is just called scream amen that's my number three all right i'm officially done with sequels um and i am moving to a movie that i'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this technically came out in 2007 but really didn't come out wide until 2009 there's a 57 percent audience but also i can confirm having lived it a lot of people hated this movie or wanted to hate this movie is maybe the right way to say it and that is paranormal activity Ooh interesting pick so i don't know if you agree with me about the people in your life but the same exact thing happened with blair witch is what happened with this movie is people i don't know they just felt like they were better than it like they didn't want to admit that they could be scared by it and so while it was a phenomenon it received like an equal amount of backlash never really from critics except for the one-off here or there but there's a lot of people that disliked this movie I got to say, I don't dislike it by any means, but I don't love it. And I don't know if it's a found footage thing, like people, not not you specifically, but I mean, if people just wanted to, like if people just don't like found footage or or exactly what it is, Mm because there's so many like parodies of Blair Witch based on that as well. But I think for me, what I want to say about this film, besides obviously everybody knows it's made on no budget, which is just fucking amazing, very inspirational work. And you got to love that. But I think the thing about this movie is that there are very, very few films that should be watched at home and not in a theater. Like maybe Videodrome is one of them, like famously, but that is paranormal activity. It doesn't really work when you're in the theater and you have the comfort of 200 people around you. 
I watched this film first. I hate to admit this, but I had exactly no money all throughout college. So I illegally downloaded this film and I watched it like by myself in my apartment, like with my headphones on and it scared the fucking shit out of me. Like the la- next like hours, like any little, you know, creak of a floorboard or something. I was just like on edge. Like what the fuck is that? And I think that's the thing about this film is you watch it by yourself when you start hearing noises in your house and you will give the credit that this film deserves. You know what? I'm actually going to give this to you. I'm going to give this to you because yeah, what you just said is so true. I saw it in theaters and even seeing in theaters, Mike, I that night after seeing it, every creak I heard, I was actually freaked out. So you know what? It did have sort of that after effect on me, which is it does. And you know what? That is actually special. So I do have to give it that. And I love found footage. I think for me, it was like, I truly do believe that Blair Witch is the best found footage film. I also really love REC, Rec, um, Spanish film that they remade in America as Quarantine, which is not as good. But um, Great segue, though, that I'll explain later. Wow, I can't wait. But like Paranormal Activity actually is solid, and it's a great idea. I think I gave it a little bit of crap back in the day, but it does have that lasting impact on you, which I think is is special. And and again, not you because you've already said it, but I mean, you obviously remember also like so many people came out against Blair Witch and have like oh shit God. on it for decades. And we had a conversation just off the pod, like casually, probably about a year ago, where I was like, "Oh, I, I rewatched it, and it was fucking incredible. Still, it's still a fucking amazing film." Mm-hmm. And I have no idea why people just like felt like they should hate on it, but great film in this one as well. I, I actually, I really like that pick. I really like that pick. Okay. Number two, I am yet again, third film actually on my list. That is one uh, going to take us back to the remake world. My number two is a remake that I, I love. I fucking love. I think it is super overlooked. And that is 2009's Friday the 13th. Oh, right. Okay. Um, 26% from the critics on Rotten Tomato, 46 from the audience. You know, these movies in general don't have the best rap from, from the critics. But this is one of those, like, if I liked those other remakes that I mentioned earlier, I loved this movie when I saw it in theaters. It It is not in any way reinventing the wheel. But for a guy that loves slasher films and for a guy who really likes Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy, Leatherface, all these iconic villains, this movie could not have been more fucking fun. This is exactly in 2009 when Mike and I were at BU at college. This is exactly what I wanted from a fucking slasher. It's, you know, a cast of young actors and we have Jason and we have him fucking killing them all. And truly, I mean this like it might be my favorite Friday the 13th film in the sense of I know, I know, I know, I know this is fucking hot take really fucking hot take i just think you have your classic horror film characters i also have to say i love um what's his name in this the actor is aaron aaron Yu, who was also in uh disturbia but 
he's hilarious in this. I think his name is Chewy, maybe in the movie. But just just a great little horror movie character, just sort of the comic relief. But I just think this is great. There's great fucking kills. Obviously, it takes it takes place at Crystal Lake, where this you know everything started with Jason. And I think it's well directed. I think it's just I just think it's fucking it's what you want out of a slasher. And no, we're not going to get them like they were in the 80s anymore. This is my North Star for what I want a slasher to look like in this day and age. Wow. Okay. I I have to admit, it's been a while since I've seen this one uh, and I didn't really remember liking it. So I have to go back and watch it. I, it's been a while and I know the, the director is the same as the Texas Chainsaw reboot. Yes. Yes. Um, Same as the film was well put together and he's done a ton of like music videos and shit, but yeah, of all the reboots, I think this is the one I've probably seen the least and I'm, I'm pretty excited to go back to watch it, to be honest. And, And it's from, I definitely know what you mean about it being what I wanted in 2009. Like there was a weird, not a weird direction, but you know, horror movies were finding their, their sort of next thing. And it was a bit of an interim era, um, especially for slashers. So like I said, I kind of remember not liking it so much, but maybe it was, maybe it was me. Maybe it was me. I think you go back. I, or I mean, you're in line with what a lot of people thought about it, but I think you go back because what I loved about it was, you know, a lot of the critics were saying, oh, you know, it, it's not it's not doing anything new for the franchise, this or that. I didn't want anything new. I wanted to feel like I'm watching a fucking 80s slasher yeah. film, but the 2009 version. And that's exactly what the film feels like to me. Yeah, I don't really want anything new in a reboot. I mean, the no. sequels of a reboot, maybe, but like not in the reboot. And what they did for this movie was they ended up just taking the first four Friday the 13th films and just sort of taking bits from each of them and stringing that along into like the plot. Okay. So it's like, yeah, I, I again, you just got to go watch it, honestly. I mean, we all know who Jason Voorhees is. If you don't, he's a crazy motherfucker that wears the hockey mask. But just... If you want a modern day slasher that's pretty fucking mainstream, this is to me, this is the one. So is that have we officially shouted out all the most recent Friday the 13th? Because I did Jason X and Freddy versus Jason. Oh, my God. I think we have. I think we have. I love it. I've got to watch that one again. I really do. Okay, number one. Wow. I I also am very, very curious. I don't think we've ever discussed this film. Um, and you may not like it for several reasons because it's Ooh. definitely not your thing. Okay. But it's a film that 44% Rotten Tomatoes. And, and again, anecdotally, a lot of people really did not like this film, even though it did very well. It was a big film. This is from 2005, and this is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Ooh. Now, you don't like The Exorcist, as we've talked about several times on the pod. Um, and I think one of the things just right off the bat that's amazing about this film is that it never feels like the exorcist, you know, in the possession subgenre of horror, the exorcist is the film. It's just, everyone has to be conscious of what they're doing because I think no film dominates a subgenre as much as the exorcist does in these types of movies. And so what they did here is they created it's based on a true story, which is actually it is based on a true story, not necessarily like the real exorcist. And it's a courtroom drama exorcist film. 
And it sounds crazy, like it shouldn't work. And it's just, it works. It's a full two hours. It's very slow, not slow paced, but very methodically paced in a way that totally works. Jennifer Carpenter is amazing. She's a total beast as the, the person that's possessed. And this is just before Dexter. And the main lead is Laura Linney, who, who frankly, I don't even really love so much as an actress, but she's she's certainly good and she, she finds her way through this film. So it's just a really weird mix that could have gone wrong uh, in so many ways, but everything is just done at a very high level. And this film just totally, totally works for me. Dude, okay, really interesting. So no, I don't typically like exorcism films. I, I really do not see the appeal of The Exorcist, but... This has long, long, long been on my list of movies I need to watch because I've only heard good things and I feel like I might like this one. Who knows? Maybe I'll watch it for our next installment of movies we hadn't seen, which, as you guys know, we have come out on our Patreon for our Patreon subscribers if you're interested. Obviously, we did a couple of the episodes on the on the regular pod, the latest one with the legend Wilder. But uh, I really need to watch that one, Mike. Yeah, I mean, and you do obviously get your exorcist scene. I mean, obviously, that's going to be there, but it's a very small part of a two hour film, you know, where the main focus is literally a trial where they're, they're putting the act of exorcism on trial. I feel like there isn't really another film before or after that's like this, really. Not really, because, again, like, how else are you going to do it, right? How do you make an exorcist film that isn't The Exorcist? Well, you come up with something like this, you know? And it is, like I said, it is based on a true story, which is is kind of interesting. Uh, Obviously, I don't think that the person in real life was, was possessed or anything, but it does leave it a little bit ambiguous what side you're supposed to come on. So, anyway, it's... And again, Jennifer Carpenter, amazing. And also, she's the one that's in quarantine, right? I wasn't losing my mind there. Uh, Obviously, Wreck is is the way to go. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Exorcism of Emily Rose. That's my pick. Great fantastic. I cannot watch it. Cannot watch. I cannot wait to watch it. Finally, you've reminded me. You've reminded me. And it's October. So it feels like it's time. All right. My number one is a film that I honestly... Didn't it first consider for this list just because I I guess like almost similar to Scream 4, like I didn't think of it as overlooked. And Mike, if I'm off my ass, please tell me. But I I don't know if the ratings lie. I've definitely I put it on my top lists of horror films ever. But the the critic score was 48 and and so was the audience. And I was damn. To be honest, I'm absolutely shocked. And that is 2008's The Strangers. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, am I crazy to put this on here? I I always thought this was a big one. No, this is a very good film. There's not, I I agree with you. One of my absolute favorite horror films, as unsettling as they get, the way that this film is shot is just incredibly uh, tense and suspenseful. The plot, some of the other films that we've talked about, I feel like are pretty self-explanatory. If you haven't heard of The Strangers, it stars Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. They're a couple who uh, is staying at this like vacation home that is sort of, I won't say in the middle of nowhere, but a little more like of a rural area with houses pretty far apart from each other. And 
while they're staying at this home for the night and they're having a couple issues between them, these three strangers wearing these masks, these creepy looking different masks, decide to torture them with mind games and try to murder them. Would you say that's a pretty solid explanation of the plot? And it is just like, truly, like I've watched this with people at night where they've told me, actually Mendy, who of course was on the barbecue episode, I watched this with him and uh, at the time our other roommate, Teddy, big shout out to Teddy and Mendy, but uh, Mendy was like, at one point he'd never seen it and we were maybe 30 minutes in and he was like, guys, we're going to have to fucking watch this watch this another day because i'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight it's just it's very uh like it like an example or maybe mike should i even give anything away yeah maybe one maybe one one thing so like an example is Liv tyler at one point is standing in the kitchen of the house and uh scott speedman has gone off i believe it's to like get cigarettes or something and while she is in the kitchen the the movie's being filmed from an angle that we are watching the man with the mask just slowly walking into the living room and just literally being 20 feet from her and like walking towards her while she is just looking the other way she might be talking on the phone at this point and it's like when she turns around he just like very quickly like right before I had sort of like slid back into the shadows and it's just like the tension is unbelievable yeah. just being like oh my fucking god like and then the ending which i won't ruin i i think makes this one of the scarier films ever for me and i actually am looking at a page for right now it is considered a cult a cult film but even so i i cannot believe that both scores are that low. I thought the audience score was going to be a lot higher. Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't know that, so I definitely think this is a great pick. I mean, it's a very successful home invasion movie. It's very creepy, very uh, psychological. Yes. Shout out to a future episode. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely a scary one, and I know people that like this is their one. Like this, I can't watch that film. Like that is fucking scary, mm-hmm. and it, it really is, and it's. I mean, should we just say that Glenn Howerton is in it? I mean, and it's an I mean, amazing little role. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, oh. man. I think home invasion stuff is always pretty creepy, and this one is, like you said, it's the way that it's shot is is, and and obviously like the masks themselves. But like this is, I didn't realize that people weren't down with this film, so I'm very glad that it's on your list. Thank you. I mean, it's you know how much I love this movie. It's yeah, it's great, one of my all time favorites. Great Thank fucking choice. Oh, that's it. Should we should we recap? Yeah, quick recap. A few honorables. Um, all right, I will go five. I still know what you did last summer. Four. Final Destination. Five. Three. Nightmare on Elm Street. Two. Shout out Jason X. Shout out Freddy vs Jason. Two. Paranormal Activity. One. Exorcism of Emily Rose. All right, minus five, the remake of House of Wax. Four, the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Three, Scream 3 and Scream 4. Two, the remake of Friday the 13th. And one, 2008's The Strangers. 
All right, you want to get us started with a couple honorables? Absolutely. Um, all right, a couple that I definitely wanted to shout out. Uh, one would be 2003's Wrong Turn. Oh, yes, okay. With uh, Eliza Dushku, our girl Sloan, Emmanuel Shrieky. 40% Rotten Tomatoes, 54% audience. I always thought this was a great little, like, sort of cannibal horror film. Totally with you, and they just remade it, and that's not good. Don't Ooh. watch the remake. Yeah, I have not watched that. Thank God. I'd say another one I really wanted to shout out is the is the first 1998 Urban Legend. Oh yeah, I'm even here for Urban Legend too. Uh, what's it called? Oh, Urban uh, Legend Final Cut. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm fucking down too. Like, but the first one, even 24 percent critics, 37 percent audience, like. That movie fucking haunted my nightmares as a kid. Yeah, and like, it's so good. It's so good. And I'll, I guess the last one I'll say right now, which I feel like we can tag team because you teased me with it before and it was almost on my list as well, is Teristas. Dude, yes. I'm so here for Teristas. Yes. 19% critic. audience. Oh my God. Like, dude, look at that top two. Justin Mel and Olivia Wilde. This is totally serviceable for the time. There's there's nothing wrong with this movie. I mean, really. I don't know why everybody was so mad at it. And it wasn't even, you know, I know a lot of people don't like that sort of like torture porn stuff. This has like one brief moment. The rest of it is is totally different from that. Obviously, there's some things that I would change about the film. But like overall, it's it's a totally watchable, enjoyable film. I totally agree. And I feel like it was maybe like unfairly given shit because it came out a year after Hostel and people were like comparing the two. But it's like this movie takes place in Brazil. Like it's sort of a dope location for it's a movie. It's as good as the first Hostel. It's obviously a ripoff, but it's just as good. A hundred percent. A hundred percent agree, dude. I, I think Teresa's is a very serviceable mid-2000s torture porn I mean, again, not even fully torture porn, but, you know, one of the one of those hostile ish type films. I'm definitely here for it. OK, so you have covered several of my honorables already, which I love. Um, I am going to say my number six that I really wanted to put in my number five, but I didn't think it was popular enough is also starring our guy Tucker. And that is The Ruins. Dude, I have been meaning to watch that. Solid. Dude, this film kicks ass, bro. This film kicks ass. It's great. I fucking oh. love it, man. They're they're down in Mexico, and yeah, they end up basically trapped on top of this like old pyramid. Um, and once you get to the setup, it's really it's almost like a survival film type of thing. It's it's really really raw. Uh, Tucker again, he's like sort of the leader of the group here, um, and he's great. He's great. I fucking love that film. It's so cool. We got to get him on the pod so we can talk some of these we, fucking. We absolutely films. do. We absolutely do. Um, what else? Oh, the, I think both unfriended movies are pretty good. I think a lot of people saw maybe the first one and then the second one is called like dark web or something like that. I think that one's just as good. I think they're both solid for like that kind of, um, movies that take place on your computer type horror. Okay. Okay. I've never seen them, but I had, I want to. Uh, yeah, I would definitely give the first one a shot. And then, I mean, the second one's pretty similar, but more, not realistic. It's uh, the first one's more supernatural. Got it. A okay. movie that we've mentioned, I think maybe twice on the pod, but I am here to officially say that I think it's a good film. That is Piranha Three Double D. Oh my god! Uh, amazing, amazing. I am absolutely here for it. It's it's a little bit too much, but like, and that's why it's not as good as the 
not the first one, but you know what I mean? The first one in the reboots, let's say. Um, but I, I, I think it's still fucking hilarious. And I think the last one I'll shout out is a very recent film, may still be in theaters depending on where you are, uh, and that is Don't Breathe 2. Ooh. Everyone's hating on this movie. Why? I, I went to like, you know, just sort of rate it uh, and write up my review, you know, after the theaters having not seen anything about it. And I was shocked when I saw the scores. People are saying they're mad because in relation to the first one, it pits like the obvious villain as like the hero of the second film. Mm-hmm. But it's like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, who I don't care. This fuck? one is just as gnarly. It's tense. It's brutal. Um, the concept is great because it just has you on the edge of your seat the entire time because everything is so fucking quiet and shit. Like, don't worry about the first film. I don't yes. care. It's great. I like no. this a lot. Dude, dude. It, the Okay. Also, we have to give a big shout out to Amy Byron, Casey's sister, because she worked on this film. Oh, really? Wow. Big, big shout out. Yeah. Big, big shout out. I know she's very proud of it. So, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck people are saying about that. Like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Go see Don't Breathe too. Absolutely. Um, anything else for you? You know what? I'll shout to... Okay, there's one that I love, but I felt like it wasn't quite overlooked enough to put on, and that's 2006's remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. It, it's 52% critics, 56 audience. I know that's on the line, but, like, I've talked to plenty of people that, like, thought it was decent so i don't know i i really like that movie though i think it's a really good mid-2000s horror and then sort of one that's i don't know if we'll fully call it horror but we'll somewhere sort of under the umbrella i'm gonna shout out 2004's the village m night oh right okay yeah so 43 percent uh critic 57 audience I feel like it gets a lot of shit. I even used to give it shit back in the day. I rewatched it in the last few years, and it might be my second favorite M. Night film after, well, he's got Unbreakable. But it's let's put it this way. I used to say it was, you know, I used to be like, I don't like this movie. Now I think it's easily in his top five, maybe in his top three. I'm, I'm definitely not here for it, but... It's been so long since I've seen it that it's it's really I feel bad even saying that because like I saw it when it came out. So it's been like same and I wasn't life. here for it then. And I'm not trying to like rep it too hard. I want to be I want to be vocal about that. I don't think it's unbelievable, but I do think I unfairly criticized it when I was younger. Yeah, I've, I've really got to do an entire M. Night rewatch and just sort of reevaluate everything. Yeah, that might have to be a future pot up to be yeah. honest, because I have to yeah. do that, too. Shout out M Night. Shout out Philly. Uh, I think that's what we got. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, yeah, great list. Great list. A lot of lot of films. I'm 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 still a little bit shocked at Friday the Thirteenth. So I just can't wait to dive into that. Brother, I uh, I'm very excited to have you to have you check that one out. I am quite excited to check out Nightmare on Elm Street too, as well as revisit Jason X. Uber Jason. What a fucking concept. I mean, just next level. Next level. Wow, wow, wow. Also, the the guy that, uh, you know, like the hippie kid from Princeton that sells them the weed uh, in Harold and Kumar 1? Yes. That's like, I'm a business hippie. He is in Jason X. You've probably forgotten that. but I have absolutely it. forgotten that. That's all I have for you. That's, that's incredible news, and that just, that just raises it a notch already. <laughs> 
Oh God. Um, all right. I think we did it. I think we fucking did it, dude. Great horror episode to kick off a couple horror episodes this month because it is October and it is the best month. Facts. Facts. So look, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Can't wait to see you next week. We should have another horror themed episode coming at you. And, you know, if you want to leave us a review on Apple podcasts, takes about 30 seconds, helps us get recognized out there in the, in this crazy podcast world means the world to us. So thank you. If you want to find us on social media, you can hit us up on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives, on Twitter at Top Dives. And uh, we can't wait to see you next week, guys. So we'll see you then. Peace out. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town and PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town and PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town and PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives with Town and PTM. I'm fucking down too.